0: Well, we're in the third part of Love Invasion. If you've got your U version app open, you've got your, your uh, handwritten, or got our bulletin with our good old fill-in-the-blank notes, let's just go ahead and jump into this. Because the beauty of God's love, we've talked about this every time, the beauty of God's love is that He has chosen, God has chosen to pour out His love, forgiveness, and acceptance on those who were His enemies. On those that were his enemies. We've said it every week and I'll say it again. It's one thing to love those that love you. It's honestly, it's pretty easy. We, I said last week that, you know, it's a pretty good way to get defined as a jerk to not love somebody that loves you. To not care for somebody that cares. If somebody's doing something nice for you and you like smack them in the face, you're a jerk. That's, that's, how, that's how it rolls. We kind of, we expect that. But on on the other side, we have a hard time loving those when they are our enemies. When those that they've purposed to come against us. But God, God loved those, loved us and poured out His love on us even while we were His enemies. And His love, it invaded enemy territory. See, God saw us and when He looked at you and I, when we get real honest with each other, we see all of our faults and we're like, oh my goodness. And somehow somehow god looked at you and i and he saw a bride worth rescuing you know it's one thing to go and help somebody when there's no long-term commitment you know and pull over the side of the road help somebody change their tire and go on your merry way god came into our lives with a purpose of not going anywhere of being in our lives with a long-term commitment he went after he went as enemies If we were enemies he went after to make us his family and to pull us in one of my favorite concepts of this and stories of this is was demonstrated by my grandfather, and I've told lots of Papa stories. My Papa had his 81st birthday yesterday, so if y'all are watching in Andrew, shout out to you, Papa, happy birthday! And um, yes, 81, and uh, doing great. Well, him and my grandmother um, have been in uh, have have been together for lots and lots and lots of years, and um, she actually fell in love with him at 13 years old. And she wrote a poem she put on Facebook about her falling in love with this guy named Joe Dean there in, in uh, La Mesa, Texas. And, um, so, and they, would, they would be boyfriend and girlfriend and then they would break up for a little while and then they would, kinda, they would, be, they would go back together. And um, so one time my grandmother finally had had enough of it because she had always kind of pine away for him and she'd kind of wait. And he would always be the one that would maybe chase another little girl for a little while. And so finally this other young man decided that he was going to show some interest in my grandmother. And so she's like, all right, well, I'll go out on a date. So she goes out on a date and there, Lamesa is a small town and they're out cruising and going real slow. And my grandfather spies my grandmother in the car with this other guy. And immediately this thing that like grabbed a hold of God and he just went after us. My grandfather did something I've never heard of anybody else ever doing. That he runs up to this slow-moving, trolling car. Because this guy was kind of showing off to my grandpa was a bad mistake. Because he runs, runs beside the car, opens up the door, and jumps into the moving vehicle. And sits beside my grandmother, there in the passenger seat. Her date's on the other side of her driving. And he woos her back in this guy's front seat. They pull the car over and he gets out with the girl. And they've been married for for decades. He won. He went after her. He went into enemy territory. And got his woman. That's what this story of of Christianity is about. Every other religion puts God way up here and says, I dare you to get to him. And Christianity is God saying, I love you and I'm going to come to you. You're broken and you're in need. And I, I, I love you even though you don't give a rip about me. And I'm coming after you. That is the story. That is. That is our love invasion. See, Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. He came to us. He invaded and went right where we were. I don't know if the rest of y'all are. Some of you may hate the show right now. I'm a big Duck Dynasty fan. I've shared with y'all that before. I'm a big Duck Dynasty fan. And the Papa Duck, Mr. Phil Robertson, um, his personal testimony, I think, just really, really fits. And I'm about to show it. I've got a video of his personal testimony about love invading right where he was. And, um, but first, if you don't know him, and you obviously just hate, rednecks if you if you don't know who he is um then i want to give you a quick introduction let's roll nope
1: here's the deal cell phones not for me you look at these kids today i'm not the cell phone type Cell phones. Nope. Internet. Nope. Nintendo. No. Move on, nerds. No. Nope. Cell phones. Nope. Internet. Nope. Nintendo. No. Nope. Ha, ha, ha. No. That high tech stuff will just get you so far. Emailing. That was streamed up in a bar. Texting? I'm like, hmm, no. Shut it down, turn it off, mm-hmm, there you go. The high mm-hmm. tech stuff will just get you so far. Emailing. that was dreamed up in a bar. Taxing, Hot. I'm like, mm no, nah. shut it down, turn it off, mm-hmm, there you go. <laughs>
0: That's Phil. Phil has uh, invented a duck call and his, uh, his nerd sons, as he would say, ran with it and uh, built an empire. And uh, but when Phil actually right, Phil, when he invented his duck call, he he didn't know God. And in fact, I just wanted to let him share his testimony with you right quick.
1: I'm currently 66 years old, that's how long I've been on planet Earth. Uh, I was sort of uh into sex, drugs, and rock and roll, as they say. So at 28, some guy with a Bible came in a beer joint that uh, I was running, and he wanted to talk it over. So I basically ran him out of the place. My sister is the one that brought him, and while he was in the back trying to get a Bible study going with the old guy here, Yours truly, my sister's was up on the front and she's handing out Bible tracts. So that created a little bit of a ruckus in the beer joint. So I had to go out there and tell everybody, look, the girl wants to hand out Bible tracts. Take them, throw them in the trash can, do whatever you want. But don't be messing with my sister here. I'll break your legs. So I ran the guy off. But later on, I looked him back up when my life was pretty well going south in a hurry. So at 28, I finally sit down and listen for the first time in my life to the story about Jesus of Galilee, the one we're all counting time by. It took the blood of God to remove my sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle. sin. That's the price. While I'm sitting there listening to that, I thought, man, that was a mighty kind thing to do for a scumbag like me. Not only that, it really would do no good to have my sins removed, which are many. It wouldn't do me any good, though, if something could not be done about the six-foot hole I'm going into. And you too, by the way. So we're all sinners. Jesus dies on a cross to remove all of them so you can go, I'm guilty no longer. The price has been paid. God coming down in flesh did that. It's actually too wild a story to dream up by human beings, especially sinful ones, because of what Jesus has done his death on a cross and his resurrection. He's guaranteeing you that you will live. So, as Jesus would put it, whoever lives and believes in me will never die. If you're not a believer and you don't believe God exists at all, about the only hope you have is he not be there. That's your hope. Maybe he's not there. What we're saying is, we trust that he is. Amen.
0: Yeah. There's so many aspects to their story, and um, the, the quiet hero in that story is, uh, to me, is Miss Kay, who uh, was with him in his uh, open, um, sinful lifestyle, and honestly, just not treating her like a husband should treat a wife. And um, uh, amazingly enough, all these decades later, I'm sure at that point, she never dreamed that... Uh, that her that her husband would be able to share the gospel and be used as a as a minister to to men um especially men in the south they'll have to hunt and be guys and, and wear camo and and uh and so and, and not have to change and i have changed this outward appearance and fit into some little thing but let god change them on the inside and to, to still be real men and um But the beauty of it is this story is what we've talked about over and over again. That 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All of this, people, is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us this ministry of reconciliation. He gave us that. That's what this love invasion is about. We're now part of it. And God was... Reconciling the world to Himself, not counting men's sins against them, and He has committed to us, to you and I, and Phil Robertson, and all other people who will dare to believe that God loves them and and will take them that where they're at. This message of reconciliation—that's what this love invasion is about. It's about you and i just being open and honest and raw about where we are what god's done for us about where we are in our journey that guess what we don't have to be perfect just be in being perfected as i'm being perfected i'm not perfect in that place i'm not but he's carrying me there he's changing me he's shifting me and he's shifting you and we can just be honest about that and god can use us it's amazing it's amazing so quickly what we want to do is just is just hit some of these highlights about what it means to, to grow in this way. Because see, even though God has given us, given us this ministry of reconciliation, He's not left us to do it alone. He's not left us to do it alone. He's not gone, hey, guess what? I've loved you. I, I've, I've, I've <clears throat> removed the, the sin penalty from your life. I, I've given you new life. Now, go to it. Go get to work. Go to it. He's not left it to us all by ourselves. He has given us, and of course it's a military style series. He's given us air support. The Holy Spirit. That word spirit in the Bible is actually, you look it up, the Greek word is pneuma. And it just means breath. Air. He's breathed into us the breath of life. And we have the very breath of God to support us and to carry us through in this assignment. See, John 14, 26 is the helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father has given in my name, will teach you everything and make you remember all that I have told you. You're like, well, Man, this is, there's so much. I got this big old huge book. How am I supposed to do this? I, I, I don't want to open my mouth about, about God if I can't directly answer every little thing about everything. No, you don't have to. All you have to do is answer about what God's done for you. What you do know. And then if you don't know, say, I don't know. It's okay. Because I have to do it all the time. People ask me questions. And if I don't know, I have to say, I don't know. And so as we look at this, then our mission, our mission of this love invasion, it's going to require us to lean on a few things. But these things aren't self-originated. We don't stir this up within ourselves. These things are from the Holy Spirit. And the first one is our mission requires faith given by the Holy Spirit. Guess what? Your life in God is too big for you. It's too big for you. You can't do it on your own. If you'll let God really begin to speak down deep into who you are, I'm telling you, it'll make you a little nervous if you think you've got to do it all by yourself. When we recognize that the Holy Spirit is there, that God's there to do it for us, we lean on Him. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we live by faith and not by sight. Where we get off is we want to see all the little things come click, 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 click into a row and then we'll do it. That's walking by sight. When we let God say, okay, this is the step I need you to do right now. But God, step 10 freaks me out. I can't see the answer to step 10. That's freaking me out. Well, guess what? Let's get through one, two, and three. And then those will take care of themselves. It's amazing. You know, a lot of times the answer to step 10 is is released with your obedience to step one. It's kind of like pushing a door and and it's connected to another and it's connected to another. Like, that one ain't even going to open until you do this one. We just go walk by faith. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10 says, However, as it is written, no eye has seen. This is why we don't walk by, fa- by sight, people. We walk by faith. Because no eye has seen, and no ear has heard, and no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. So that sounds all good. And if we stayed right there, it would be like, Okay, well, this is unknowable. Uh-uh. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And as we begin to do these things, we begin to to let God invade our families. We begin to look at impossible situations, sometimes even with the people closest to us. Then we begin to go, God, I lean in Him, and God begins to show us and reveal to us the, the things we begin to do. And I'm telling you, God can begin to work miracles. There's stories sitting all over this room right now. Of families that had God, had they not leaned on God, they wouldn't be together. There are marriages that just flat wouldn't be together right now. There are families that would not be together except for leaning on God. Except for leaning into that and doing that and letting trust in Him. Hebrews 10 says the Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, He says this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my heart, my laws in their hearts and I will write them. On their minds. Isn't that so beautiful? He begins to make it a part of us. It's not this, this thing on the outside. The, the, this, these, these old Ten Commandments chiseled on stone. But he begins to come and craft it into our hearts. We talk about being hardwired to do things. As we let the Holy Spirit begin to work, rework our hardwiring. It's easy to go with your natural bent. Let's let God rework our natural bent. He begins to shape us says, and then he adds, and then he adds, the Holy Spirit is also doing this. Because the, the enemy will want to come and bring this junk up over and over and over again. Act like nothing happened when you trusted God. When you said yes to Jesus. The Holy Spirit does this over and over again. Reminds us and speaks to us that their sins and lawless acts I'll remember no more. We get to walk boldly into faith. We're free from that other mess. We get to pursue him. This love invasion is going to require, it's going to require faith. Because the enemy is going to say, you're going to to feel like, I need to show love here. Well, you can't do that. You did this, this, and this, and this. What What kind of representative of Christ are you? Hush that messed up. That's not the Holy Spirit talking. We have it right here. Just go ahead and step out. Go ahead and do it. Show some love. Be a representative of God. Our mission also requires hope. Given by the Holy Spirit. Hope is this incredible power. And it's given to us by the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him or have faith in Him. These things begin to become interconnected as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a, one of my favorite business books, a book called Good to Great. And in that, Jim Collins talks about this, this man named uh, Admiral James Stocksdale, who was a POW in Vietnam. And that he began to see this pattern, and, and it, it, it was played out. And he begins to see this thing of, of the power of hope. But hope has to, can't be tied to these concrete, uncontrollable things. It has to be tied to something bigger. It actually, Jim Collins calls this thing, the Stocksdale Paradox, where you're able to confront the brutal facts, but yet not give up hope. Folks, us being a people of hope does not mean we dig our heads in the sand and we ignore the big stuff in our lives. You know what hope does? Hope is able to go into that closet we want to stuff all our problems in and ignore, and hope throws that door open and says, bring it on, let's fix this, because there is a solution. So many people ignore their issues because they don't really believe there's going to be a solution. If I open that, it's just going to ruin my life and it's over. But hope says, "Uh uh-uh. Hope says, I don't have to live with that hanging over me the rest of my life. I can deal with this. I can jump headlong into it. As ugly as it may get at times, hope says, no, there's going to be a glorious end. 2 Corinthians 11 we see this. These are this is written by a guy. I want to see. Want you to understand what Paul. Paul isn't this guy who's just writing these glorious little scriptures to us and oh hope, oh love, oh do all this sweet little stuff as he sits in some little sweet place and just writes these these neat little things that should go on a plaque. No, this is the this is the hope that he he put these things into practice and look what he dealt with. These are, hope pushed him through these things. Hope propelled him through these things. It says, five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Five times he took 39 stripes for him doing what God had instructed him to do. Three times I was beaten with rods and once I was stoned. And three times I was shipwrecked and I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers and in danger from bandits and in danger from my own countrymen. In danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false prophets. It's a lot of danger. I have labored and toiled and have gone without sleep, and I've known hunger and thirst, and have often gone without hope. I'm going on without food, and I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. On top of all that, i got to deal with church people. <laughs> That's what he's saying. He put the biggest one last. On top of all that, i got to deal with Christ followers. Woo, fun. This guy understood the power of hope. The reason he didn't give up after beating number one is because he knew the hope that lied for other people and was in store. The reason he kept going and he got back on a ship after he got shipwrecked once and twice and he got on a ship that got shipwrecked a third time is the power of hope. That's what moved him forward. The reason we have these scriptures and he's written the bulk of the New Testament is the power of hope. We cannot, cannot, cannot lose hope and the hope gives is given by the Holy Spirit. Romans 5 says, and hope doesn't disappoint us. You're like, preacher, you are lying. That scripture's lying because I've hoped and I've been disappointed. You know what? Honestly, if we get real honest about this, we hope for something concrete and finite. And we put our trust in a person or we put our trust in an event. and Things did not domino the way we thought and then our hopes were crashed. But honestly, honestly, when it's all said and done, when we look at the big big picture from God's a heaven view God's heaven view even some of our biggest biggest tragedies and biggest stuff we can begin to see this hope that begins to come in and begin to turn things around hope doesn't disappoint because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us you see at just the right time when we were still powerless Christ died for the ungodly and the last thing folks is our mission requires love Yeah, love invasion is going to require love. It just is. But that's given by the Holy Spirit. We don't have to stir it up in ourselves. It doesn't have to be fake, painted on, Christian, woo-hoo, love. It's about real, let the Holy Spirit do it. See, Galatians 5.22, the very first thing, right out of the Bible says, the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's what the Holy Spirit grows in us, is love. Now, if you are having trouble loving somebody tap into god's love for that person because god's not having trouble loving them god's not having a hard time loving them he sees them from a different angle than you see them and if you're having trouble loving somebody just say god help me see them your way i I don't like my way i want to smack on my way but god i want to see it from your angle ephesians 4 i'm telling you, it's all about how we deal with people let's look at this the holy spirit says do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what's helpful for building others up according to all according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the holy spirit of god my goodness i don't want to do that i don't want to upset the holy spirit with whom you were sealed by the day of redemption. Man, I've heard all sorts of people talk about all sorts of lists of crazy stuff that grieve the Holy Spirit. You know what grieves the Holy Spirit? It's being us being jerks to each other. That's what grieves the Holy Spirit. This is right here. It says, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. In Second Timothy... It says, you've heard from me. Keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Jesus Christ. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you and guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. What is the deposit that he has given? That God's given? It is his love. That is it. It is his love. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we keep that alive within us. That good deposit is love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 wraps all these up beautifully together. And it says, and now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But folks, the greatest of these is love. And guess what? You don't have to fabricate any of them. The Holy Spirit alive on you. Just allow Him to move. Allow Him to move. And we'll try to squelch it. We'll go, oh, we'll fill the love of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to love that person. We've done it. You've done it. You begin to feel a little bit like you're going to forgive. And then you're like, forget that. They didn't even say, I'm sorry. I'm not going to forgive them. They weren't nice to me. You feel it well enough. Just participate with it. Let the Holy Spirit do it. See, God did not stay away. And he sent his son to invade our lives with his love. It changes everything. It changes everything. and He wants to show his love to other people through you. Through you today. It doesn't matter what went on last night or last week or any of those things, he wants to show his love through you today. But all this starts with doing what Phil Robertson did, which is being honest about the truth of the gospel. There were that in ourselves, we're jacked up and messed up. And yeah, maybe we can find a handful of people that are more messed up than us and we can feel good about ourselves. But the truth is, when we go on God's standards, we're all messed up. And we desperately need a Savior. And Jesus is Him. And He comes, and I love the way Phil put it, that we can go, oh, guilty no longer. <laughs> it's been dealt with. It's been, the guilt has been, the punishment's been done. So we want to create a quiet moment. And if you're here this morning and you are ready to say yes to that, not to a religion, not to say, yes, I'm going to try to climb that peak and reach God again today. No, to say, no, I'm going to embrace the fact that God came to me through Christ and I'm going to embrace the love and forgiveness that's mine. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. And we're going to pray with you.